Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 14th of June, with me, Bernadette Anderko. I've said it once this week, but I'll say it again. It's a big week for data and a big week for central banks, which makes it a big week for you and your investments. I'll talk to Dario soon about what to expect from those monetary policy decision makers. But first, Roman Canciani is joining me to tell us about the key events in the financial markets since we last talked to you. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Bernadette. So today we've got the Federal Reserve publishing its decision on whether to pause in their rate hiking cycle or lift again for the 11th consecutive time by a quarter of a percent. Uh, What's the market's view here? Yes, well, consensus view is that the US Central Bank is going to refrain from hiking rates today. That's not to say that investors believe the Federal Reserve is done with its interest rate hikes just yet. According to the swaps market, traders assess a probability of little over 10% only to a rate hike today, but they still consider a July hike as more likely than not. Considering that the swaps market usually gets it right when it comes to interest rate decisions, I believe it's fair to focus on what Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell is going to say in the press conference after the decision, rather than the decision itself. Okay, but the odds for a rate hike have uh, sort of decelerated quite massively since yesterday, is that right? Uh, And then what's changed? What uh, was it the inflation figures that were released? Yes, exactly. Although the inflation data actually brought something for both those who expect the Federal Reserve to keep on hiking and those who don't. The overall consumer price index or CPI came in at 4% year on year for May lower than consensus had expected, according to Bloomberg. The core CPI, however, that's inflation stripped by costs for food and energy, came in higher than expected at 5.3%. And this will surely be a concern for the US Central Bank going forward. Therefore, the consistently high odds for a rate hike in July. Dario, later in the program, will have more on that. Still, Wall Street took comfort of the low overall number and equities pushed higher again, while yields across the yield curve also rose. I understand. So uh, let's talk a bit more about how the markets reacted to the latest set of numbers. Yes, well, overall, it was a bit of a more of the same yesterday. Uh, Europe had a pretty good day with the Eurostoxx 50 index closing up by 0.7%, led mainly by technology stocks. But in the US, the rally was a bit more broad-based. The S&P 500 closed higher by 0.7%, closing slowly in on the 4,400 points mark, a level not seen in more than a year. Leading sectors among tech were materials, industrials and consumer discretionary, all up by more than 1%. The only sector in the red was utilities, down by 0.1% on the day. Volatility was down again. The VIX index, measuring implied volatility of the S&P 500 index over the coming 30 days, is back down below the 15 points mark, pretty low when compared to the average level of 23 points last year, and thus showing that sentiments towards risk assets remains positive overall. On the fixed income side of things, US Treasury yields spiked higher, two yields were up by 9 basis points and traded at 4.65 this morning, while 10 years were up 8 basis points and they trade at 3.80 this morning. Overall, the US dollar is a bit weaker this morning on the expected no-hike decision by the Fed. Okay, so that's the states. Uh, let's now have a brief look at the overnight action in uh, Asia-Pacific. Yesterday, the People's Bank of China surprised the markets uh, by cutting the short-term lending rate. But I see the market's reaction seems to be not too overly enthusiastic to that. Is that right? 
Yes, uh, actually, that's right. Asian stocks overall are rising for the fourth day in a row, but it's not China leading the boards, but once again, Japan, with the topics up by more than 1%, extending its three-decade high. As far as China is concerned, Consensus, meanwhile, expects the People's Bank of China to cut its medium-term lending facility rate on Thursday after cutting the short-term rate yesterday. But the market is not convinced whether this is enough to kickstart economic growth there. Right. Uh, but before letting you go, Roman, let's quickly have a look at the expected action today. Um, I understand, of course, that everyone's eyes will be glued to the rate decision in the US. Uh, but are there any other market moving data expected today? Well, except for the rate decision in the US, which will be published at 2 p.m. New York time and the press conference by Chairman Powell starting 30 minutes afterwards, there is not too much today. We already had Swedish inflation figures for May coming in a few minutes ago, which came in lower than last month at 9.7% year on year, but still higher than expected by consensus. And we also had a flurry of UK April trade data, which overall came in a tiny bit weaker than expected. So all in all, markets will most likely remain range-bound before its uh, first news on the rate decision in the US and the Fed's motivation for the decision will trickle through. That's it from me. Thank you very much for that wrap-up, Roman. Now, we've already mentioned that it's a heavy week for markets and especially for bond investors. With central bank meetings on the agenda, I'm therefore thrilled that Dario Messi is joining me from Fixed Income Research today to talk about this. Good morning, Dario. Good morning, Bernadette. So, Dario, before we get to the topic of uh, monetary policy, uh, Roman mentioned we had the US CPI printout yesterday. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, as always, most emphasis was on the, on the core CPI, which uh, gives a better signal to the underlying inflation trend. And overall, I think we have to say that disinflation is on the way, probably not as straightforward as, as some hoped for, but it's here. Um, and as Roman mentioned before, the 5.3% year-on-year figure is slightly above the consensus expectations. Um, but when you look at the composition, and this one actually looks not too bad, especially the shelter component, uh, which is a key element here, continued to show this uh, slower price pressure there. Okay, so now coming to the central banks, we have the, the Fed up first today. Uh, you just said only a small surprise in the CPI print yesterday. So is a pause today still a valid assumption in your view? Uh, yes, it is. Um, I agree here with Roman that uh, uh, the kind of uh, CPI print we got yesterday, specifically the core inflation is probably not something that uh, FOMC members want to see. But I think it would have need a much higher or material surprise that the discussion would have been tougher in this two-day gathering of the FOMC members in order to really get another hike. With this data set that we get so far since the last meeting, and I think also with the comments from Chairman Powell, he also made it pretty clear at this rate level and after such a massive hiking cycle, a pause at least is warranted. If we look, the labor market is still very strong, but the more forward-looking indicators like the credit dynamics, uh, they should still allow to wait now and see how all the lagged effects of this tightening continues to bite in terms of aggregate demand and ultimately then in terms of inflation. Okay, so that's the US uh, done and dusted. Let's move on to the Eurozone now. Um, the ECB will be delivering its decision tomorrow. Are they going to raise rates or take a breath and pause and uh, are the industrial production numbers for the Eurozone due out today likely to have an impact? 
Um, not yet a pause, not yet. Uh, here we probably need to be the more patient. Uh, 25 basis points are quite a given for tomorrow and probably also in July, uh, more to come here. Uh, what we are looking at here is more the guidance, so it should be given indirectly also through through the updated stop projections that uh, we will see again today. So if we see their long-term inflation um, expectations by the stuff coming down, and um, this will certainly uh, signal that at some point um, we can also uh, expect a pause uh, by the ECB. Um, certainly this event uh, will also be very interesting uh, for, for investors. And on your question on industrial production, yes, it will certainly have an impact for the next meetings, not for this one, but for the next meetings. And as it will give further evidence on how this uh, whole manufacturing slowdown or how the manufacturing sector is doing. Okay, thank you for that, Dario. Now, um, taking these central bank assumptions together, how is the bond market positioned and what are you actually recommending investors do or indeed not do just now? Yeah, I mean, if we look at the bond markets, if we take a step back, the bond markets struggled somewhat last week after the surprise move of these 25 basis points by the Bank of Canada and also the, the Reserve Bank of Australia. Uh, if you look, uh, for example, at the 10-year uh, Treasury yield, it approached again the 3.8% mark after dropping actually below 36 just beginning of the month. And at the same time, and, and I think this is also what I'm a bit surprised here, we see remarkably resilient credit spreads uh, for the riskier segments. So also the feared liquidity drain following the, the debt deal and the beginning of massive bill issuance by the U.S. Treasury that we are seeing, and they are filling out their cash balance now. This did not really change the positive direction for, for the riskier credit markets. And to be honest, we think it is a bit too resilient and riskier credit segments do not fully account for this lagged effects of much tighter financial conditions that we talked about before. And in fact, if you look, corporate default rates started slightly at least to pick up, while credit spreads, they stay really stable or even fall. So all in all, what do we recommend at this point? We stick to our strategy and favor the better rated corporate debt and would continue to add duration on weakness, even if rate cuts are not on the immediate agenda. Thanks so much for that, Dario, and we'll look forward to having you back for updates in the coming weeks. Well, that concludes today's podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Please tune in again tomorrow when we'll be back with more of our experts to share their insights on what's moving markets. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.